May the 4th be with you. Happy May the 4th. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it is May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day, as far as the internet's concerned. Uh, and we are putting on a, this special episode. Uh, my co-hosts here, Lacey Gillerin and James Bainey. Uh, we are very excited to be with you. Uh, and first, before we get to our show... Uh, we want to just let you know where you can find us and a little bit about us. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was about five years old. My dad showed me The Empire Strikes Back on like TV on a Saturday afternoon. We had this 11-inch TV in my parents' bedroom. And uh, I remember it was the scene where Luke goes to confront Vader in the carbon chamber. And I've that's been my favorite Star Wars scene ever since. So it was almost like he knew to show me, uh, for some reason, it was fate to show me the that being the first scene I saw, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, so I, I would say I was probably like five or six. Uh, so I've, I've liked Star Wars and loved Star Wars for a very, very long time. And uh, we'll get into uh, that in our main discussion later. But uh, James, I'll throw it to you. How how long have you been a Star Wars fan now? Yeah, it's interesting, man. I mean, like, who hasn't like been aware of Star Wars and loved Star Wars, like <laughs> kind of either from adjacent to some some extent? I was always a fan of it. Like I like it just the same as someone would be like, I like Lord of the Rings or whatever, right? Um, but the crazy <laughs> thing is, is like I didn't really want to deep dive into Star Wars because there was just always so much, so much lore. And it wasn't until like Disney bought it and kind of like, which is also kind of like its own like turning point, you know? When Disney bought yeah. it and they said, we're kind of wiping that canon slate and we're saying from now on, it's just the stuff that we produce. I took that as the opportunity to be like, now I can get it. Because like as they release things, I can watch that show, that one show, or I could read this one book, you know, th- just at this time and kind of follow along. And it's crazy how far we've come since 2012 when Disney bought it. We're, we're 10 years down and I'm like 10 years into Star Wars lore. And like I know it in and out and we talk about it all the time. It's just so much fun. Uh, and I, I still love it. I still love talking Star Wars every single week. And there's a lot more coming, so yeah. it's uh, it's a great time to be a fan. Lacey, how about you? You've you've been a fan for a very long time as well, right? Yeah, I've been a fan since probably six or seven, first or second grade ish. Um, a lot of people know this story, but uh, I was at a local kind of dairy grocery store, is what they call it here in Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, called Stu Leonard's. It's a uh, shout out to them. Still waiting for my sponsorship for them, by the way. Like Sounds I like a seventy up- singer. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a really fun story. They've got like animatronics. It's crazy. It's wacky. Um, it's the but Disney yeah. world of grocery stores. Yeah. yeah. I If you get a chance to go to one, definitely do. Um, but they used to have a movie section right before the cashier area. Um, and they had the box set, the VHS box set with Darth Vader's mask. Um, and I was with my dad and I asked him what it was. He said it was Star Wars. And I said, I want this. And he said, okay. Um, and that was kind of it. So it's funny because I feel like a lot of times I hear people like John who have these wonderful memories of like their parents introducing it to them or their siblings or their (laughs) friends. I found it in a grocery store and just was like, I want this. And that's kind of just how I got into it. And I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. My, my dad wasn't like, Son, sit down. You're about to go on a journey. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, Dad, what's on TV? He's like, I don't know. Flipping around the channels. He's like, oh, yeah, this is Star Wars. He's like, Check child, the chair. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Please sit down. The time like, what are you doing come. in my room? Get out. The time has come. Yeah. Sit down, that's son. Not it's like, yeah. I'm just maybe like, people have these like, Really, and I think Star Wars differs from everything else because they do have those moments. Those like very like, my dad showed it to me, or my dad mentioned it, or my mom mentioned it, or siblings or whatever friends. <clears throat> yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, I found yeah. it on my own, which is just like kind of just a funny thing. But if yeah. you know me, which I hope you'll get to know me if you're listening, um, that it's so typical of me that I'm like I'm doing it on my own. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No comment. Um, <laughs> I'm still no, laughing at come, come, my son. Yeah, you had, you have like you have like my dad's Mufasa or something like Johnny. Everything the light touches is the Empire Strikes Back. Oh god. Anyway, let's get going here, James. Our first segment segment of the day. What is it? The force is with me, and I'm one with the force. 
All right. As you just heard, that is a clip from one of the Star Wars movies, uh, specifically Rogue One. Uh, we really liked the term one with the force and decided to turn it into a segment. Uh, that's what we're calling or what we're calling this segment here, one with the force. And the way it works is I'm going to present an idea, a situation, and all of us are going to go round table and we're going to say one answer, the one thing, if we can only choose one, that this is the one we're going with. Uh, on this Star Wars related question. As I usually <clears throat> say for people who've never uh, sat in on this segment before, you'll get it. You'll pick it up. It's like a board game. We'll just go around one time. You got it. All right. <laughs> um, so this is the first uh, topic here. You own a pod racer, right? Uh, if you could pick one Star Wars character from any era to pod race in the Bunta Eve classic, who would you pick to drive your pod and give you the best chance to win against Anakin and Sebulba and the rest of the fields? So we're assuming those people are off the table. Can't choose Anakin, can't choose Sebulba, right? Anyone else on the, the field there? But uh, John, who is your who is your one pick in all of Star Wars to to race against these characters? I, you know, this was really tough for me because I'm thinking like, yeah, that person's a great pilot, but can they pod race? You know, it's a different style of maneuverability. And then I thought of someone who flew something that is similar in size and speed. Um, so my pick is Kylo Ren. Ooh, okay. Because we've seen him do dastardly things behind the wheel of a speeder so to speak tried to run down ray uh was about to blow up his own mother some cool spin tricks that anakin knew obviously there's something passed down to him from anakin being the best pod racer uh with him with the tie silencer and stuff seemed like maybe a little bit similar in size to a pod racer and being that he was still if he's still kylo ren he would do like he would cheat a bit, maybe do some evil things mm. to win the race. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kylo Ren's my pick for my pod racer. All right. Well, Lacey, who is your pick for pod racer? That is surprising. I thought John was going to say Han Solo. I thought this was like a real big shoe in. <laughs> he was going to say Han Solo. Um, I'm actually going to say Ray, And reason because... <laughs> um, so she has experience on her speeder and building her own speeder and knowing how to work it properly, which is a big thing. You know, if something happens, like with what happened to Anakin, you need to know on the fly how to fix it, and she would be able to. Um, also, in the deleted scenes for The Force Awakens, she actually drives something that's similar to, like, kind of car speeder size um, and maneuvers that on top of what we see her do with the Millennium Falcon in uh, The Force Awakens. So I'm going to say Ray. I think she would do a really good job. I think she'd be scrappy, but she wouldn't be... A cheater. Gotcha. True. She'd be honest. Um, yeah. All right. She'd so be like, I, uh, I lost. Sorry. I, I don't know how <laughs> many people. What? <laughs> well, I'm saying like if she, did, if she like, she wouldn't cheat to win, you're saying like, so she would admit if right, she lost. Right. She would just or, be know, that like... good to win. That's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like what, who even is that? But this might give us a little bit of a clue on our dynamic on the show. I chose a really random book character. <laughs> um, I, it, uh, although I can say it is a Skywalker. Okay. It's cheery, a force sensitive chiss character. Uh, who is her main ability. I know John's like, I, I knew this answer was going to get it, but it was my first thought is I was like, who has what Anakin has, which is that ability to almost see the future, right? And this mm. is described in these characters that the just call Skywalkers. They stand in front of the ship and the ship shoots into hyperspace and they are able to see every obstacle that's coming in front of the ship and know that they need to move the ship in the different directions. So the way I see it is... So they're valet you... parkers? Yeah, I knew John was going to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it is so long as your ship is fast, and it's fast enough to beat anybody else, <clears throat> there's nothing that could possibly get in... Uh, there could no obstacle that could get in the way of a Skywalker. 
In fact, James, you can, Vader you, had to do this one time, and he was able to do it, but he was commended because that was crazy uh, how much force ability it takes to be able to do it, and these children can do it. So, so Anakin Skywalker crazy. had to use Skywalkers to... Uh, but they that, weren't really it, Skywalkers. It was it's like, funny. It's that. funny. Yeah, because Thrawn actually laughs at that joke. He's like, and then Vader's like, "Why are you laughing?" And he's like, "Excuse me. It's just you know, it's kind of funny that <laughs> you know we call that, them Skywalkers." Is that um. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. Thrawn at this point knows that Anakin is Vader, so it's kind of interesting. Timothy Zahn is the author that writes the Thrawn novels. Perhaps. Yes, yeah, yeah. For, for so I know it's kind of lame and it's kind of weird, and most people are like, "What the heck?" But I'm actually I say going lame. with that's not that's a, it's not I, lame. No one said lame. Nobody said that. <laughs> I went with a valet you, Parker. You did call him valet Parker, but I <laughs> like James can make he can make that that argument till he's blue in the face. But we're not going to sit here and do that. Oh, right? gotcha. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, what Star Wars character name would you make? Wait, what Star Wars character name would you make a great band name? That's a weird way to phrase that. But can you what, read it? Read it again. Read it. Read it again. What Star Wars character <laughs> name would make a great band name? There it is. <laughs> I, I guess thought... he didn't skywalk that question. Yeah. <laughs> um. What's the one name you would go with, Lacey? So the first thing I thought of, James, was actually you had said Droopy McCool would be a really cool name for a band when we were talking about it. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought of. But actually, I really, I honestly believe this. I oh, think a no. really good name <laughs> would be Babu Frick. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I knew this was happening. She's yesterday, oh, Monday's episode. Like if 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 you if you leave this today and enjoy what we're doing, go check, catch up on Monday's far. episode, and you'll understand exactly what's happening. Okay, go ahead, Lucy. Sorry, but I I genuinely do believe Babu Frick would be a cool band name. That is a cool band name. Yeah. Band Babu Frick, and I have no musical <laughs> skill whatsoever, so that I'll I'll leave it there. <laughs> John, what uh, character name do you think would make a good band name? Jacked fish. Oh, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> all right. That's not a real character name. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I I had trouble with this. Um, I I couldn't really hone in on one. Uh, so I'm just gonna say Joe Yowza. <laughs> all right. What kind of music? <laughs> um, like punk metal. So like a cross between and not like old punk, like not like like Misfits or Sex Pistols, more oh, like nice. no, more like pop punk, like Blink-182 style mixed with metal. So like Joe a harder Yowza? Joe Yowza. That's right. Babu you Frick this, is your Joe the Yowza next show? punk. If anybody the wants pits to were know. crazy at the Joe Yowza show, dude. <laughs> crazy. Maybe, maybe. James um, is like, is there a Star Wars character named the Devil Wears Prada? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like punk metal. So I used to play that. <laughs> um, I I was I was torn between two, and since I already gave my Chiss answer, I'm not going to go with Thrawn, which sounds like an awesome deathcore band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds like some sort of like disease you would get that causes people to have like contortions or something <laughs> like oh he's there probably is Thrawn. a band called Thrawn already for <laughs> all we know i wouldn't doubt it um i went a little lighter uh and i was i i kind of have a story too i'm gonna go with zori bliss um Ooh, now granted that that is that, a good name it sort of sounds like it would be the name of like the singer and the band's just kind of named like you know madonna or something like that right mm -hmm. kind of thing um but Zori Bliss was, it felt like a, a good band name. And it kind of reminded me of um, this other band, which is funny because I thought of Zori Bliss and then I said, oh, that reminds me of this band. And then it dawned on me at that moment that they have a very Star Warsy kind of name. And the band that I thought of was Rilo Kylie, which almost uh. sounds like Kylo Ren mm -hmm. a little bit. 
Yeah. If you mix it up, um, I don't know if anybody really knows that band, um, but uh, but Kylo Riley. And then even what was funny about that is hearing the name Kylo Riley and applying it to Kylo Ren, it reminded me of the time I figured out that my first nephew is named Kyle and my first niece is named Lauren. And when you put their names together, it's Kyle Lauren. <laughs> kind of sounds like Kylo Ren. I thought it was kind of a little bit too. But anyway, going back to the point. Zori Bliss, that's going to be my band name, and I think they're just going to be uh, f- maybe female-led singer, but just kind of like light, uh, oh, light, light it, punk, alternative rock kind of like Paramount. It'd be it'd be like one nah, of those bands ma- where maybe not even that much, more like uh, garbage or something. Mm. Oh, I like some old garbage songs. I'm only happy when it rains. That song rips. Um, but like you know, like there's some of the bands you're like, is his name Hootie? Or is that just the name of the <laughs> yeah, band? Yeah. It'd be like that. Hootie plus like, the blowfish. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, is her name Sorry Bliss or is it just the band? It's like, yeah, it's just the band. Her name's Vanessa. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's Vanessa, cool. Is that I, a Wayne I, World? I also, Wayne's World I also thought of like, I, Enfys Nest might be a cool band name. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But what anyway, about Babu picked, Frick? Neither of you said it's a great name. I think it's a great name. I think we were just you so did. thrown because of the last, last episode, but. Yeah, not bad at all. You said what, it was like a Daft type? Punk style? Yeah, like That's a Daft gonna be Punk electronic. Band. It's going to be electronic Daft Punk type band. Nice. The world yeah, needs I, a new I Daft Punk. I could see it so being electronic, like almost almost dub, but not quite there. Nice. Gotcha. All right, we got one more, guys. What is the one thing, one thing that you are going to make sure you do to celebrate May the 4th? It's today. So what's the one thing you guys are doing? Um, I'm going to start with John on this one. I am I so I saved this reveal for this special episode. I finally started playing Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga and it is a lot of fun. Um I feel bad cuz I I started playing it with my son, but I gave him an old PS3 controller so oh, that he thinks yeah, he's course. playing. Yeah. Oh, you're so mean. <laughs> no, well, mean. here's the thing. And no, because he doesn't know how to play. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to play. So he thinks he's playing. As opposed to me saying, you can't play this. I was like, mm-hmm. here, you're playing with me. And he thought he was killing it. Uh, I So I got stuck already on the first level the where you have to arrange. The twist is that John sucks at video games. So then yeah. Johnny is <clears throat> Has been controlling screwed. the character and John thinks he's... <laughs> John's got no, the PS3 no. controller. I get, He's like, I get, this no, is yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> no, I got stuck on the first level. I barely had to like rearrange chairs and I didn't know what to do. So I was in that room for like <laughs> yeah. a good five you're, minutes. You're not making the joke we just made <laughs> seem not true. <laughs> right. But needless to say, what I'm going to make sure I do tonight after the kids go to bed is to play a little bit more of Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga and maybe get a little better at it. I feel like I'm collecting too many of the coins. I'm like breaking too many boxes or something. I don't know, but it's a really fun game. Fun. So that's how I'm going to celebrate. Uh, make sure that's the one thing I'm going to make sure I do tonight before uh, Revenge of the Fifth. What did right, you, you uh, start with? Phantom Menace. Nice. Just going in that yeah. order. I, I started with uh, Force Awakens. Lacey, nice. what uh, one thing are you doing to celebrate May the Fourth? <clears throat> I'm gonna do what I do every May the Fourth, which is probably continue to spend too much money or uh because they have all these like really cool things today that Mm -hmm. you can buy like special editions and like new Mm -hmm. collections with certain brands um but personally i really like to listen to john williams music i blast john williams which now we have different soundtracks to listen with ludwig and stuff so Mm -hmm, we have mando and boba fett to listen to as well but yeah no rocking out to john williams and Rockin Chiquino too, and Chiquino, and John yeah. Howell. <laughs> That's a good band name that we didn't like. Like it'd be a tribute to John Williams too. Oma Tress. That could be good. Yeah. Metal. <laughs> John, John so basically, the, the Star Wars suite, and I I don't know if anybody uses Spotify to listen to their music, which I do, but. You can have a lightsaber at the bottom and change it to the specific oh, yeah. character you That's want. Really so you cool. can have the red yellow one, yeah. which is my favorite lightsaber, or whatever you want. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I, I don't have a particular tradition, but this year I was tasked with coming up with a <clears throat> Star Wars trivia or quiz for my work. 
just privately, Ooh. like not 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 anything that would be published. But uh, I'm I'm working on, or I, you know, I will have like all of the questions listed out, and then everybody in the in the company gets to choose their teams. They get to fill it out, and I'll I'll Aww, fill in on the answers fun. and stuff. So I'm actually looking forward uh, to going through it because it's kind of one of those things where like every question on the quiz is like three plus two, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> nah, the yeah. dumbest, most obvious questions to me. But I'm like, I totally understand that a lot of people would be like, Ooh, I don't know. When was it? The uh, 75 uh, was it? No, it was in the eighties. It was definitely in the eighties. Cause I remember getting the toy, you know, it's like, I know it was 77, you know, it's like kind of those right. things. Um, but it's like, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because a lot of it's going to be interesting to see like who does and who surprisingly knew a lot about Star Wars and kind of maybe even make some new friends at the at the uh, business. So there you go. Yeah, that's nice, what I'll dude. be doing. All right. Well, that's going to wrap good. up one with the force. Uh, our first segment, John, why don't you take us into our next section here? Uh, we're going to do a little discussion. Obi one once thought as you do. Yeah, so our main discussion, um, we'll spend about uh, 20 minutes or so on this, is uh, just why we connect with Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is different from all the other movie franchises. It, it's more than movies. Uh, it's it's our modern mythology to a lot of people, and it sticks with us forever. And we pass it down from generation to generation. The three of us have kids now. Uh, we're going to, you know, hopefully our kids are into Star Wars, and we'll introduce them to that. Um which I think we are already starting to a little bit, uh, but it binds us all together. Fans, family, friends, all of that. Um, so what is it about Star Wars that connects us to it and makes it such a long lasting part of our lives um, is sort of the question that we're going to attempt to answer here anyway. Um, I think, you know, to start it off for me, I think it's just, you know, I'll admit like when people hear that I'm a Star Wars fan, they sometimes you know, if I'm at a party or or wherever, they'll assume that I like other sci-fi stuff. So they'll be like, oh, cool. Do you, you know, you like Star Trek, you like Battlestar, you know, do you like, you know, Event Horizon, all, all this other stuff? And I'm like, not really. Like, you know, I'm, I, I, I would go out to say I'm not a, a science fiction fan. I, I think what connects me to Star Wars is that it is way more so that fantasy adventure story, but also that it's like George Lucas said, he's like, it's about, it's about friendships and it's about those relationships and everything is built off of that. And you sort of see yourself in certain characters and kind of, you know, oh, I, I you know, when you're a kid, you know, I wish I could be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or Leia or you can, you, you attach yourself to somebody. And then, you know, as you get older and they put out the new movies and we're still connected to the old movies and, you know, it's 45 years later and people are still as in love with this franchise as they were back then, maybe even more now and more people uh, as they're trying to widen the net to a, a larger international audience. And that's just something that other movie franchises don't do because other franchises have already gone through remakes, you know, like Star Trek has sort of done a reboot. Uh, the, the comic book movies are always going to be recycled with new iterations and new versions, different Spider-Man and this Star Wars has been Star Wars. And I think it's just, they like to keep it as though it really was something that happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And we just go for that adventure and sort of sort of leave real life for a little while and, and escape. And it's been just uh, a wonderful thing. And, you know, with Celebration on the Horizon, um, just being able to see, you know, families together enjoying it or just friends and the way people connect to the movie. It, it's more than just the movie to people. Um, and I, you know, I know it didn't intend that way. And I don't think George Lucas ever intended it to be that way, but, uh, it sort of became that way naturally. And I think that's, what's made it sustained for so long. It wasn't something they tried to force on a people. It was just sort of something that naturally progressed into this amazing thing. And it's still growing to this day. So I'm lucky that I'm going to have an opportunity to pass it on to my kids, uh, and, and share that and have another thing to bond with them over and i even got my wife into it she was never into star wars she watched it now she she doesn't love it the way i do but she likes it you know and i think i did the opposite (laughs) i think my wife used to be in star wars now she's like now she's like okay they can be your thing and my husband's (laughs) been indifferent and he remains indifferent yeah if you ask him about it what did he say today he said some like i was just asking he said that that is darth maul and he was right 
No, he. <laughs> so we were talking about my upcoming panel at Celebration about Ray, and I was like, "Oh, and it's one of my favorite characters." And he goes, mm-hmm. "When am I going to be on a panel about why Jar Jar has impacted?" And I was like, "Get <laughs> get out of here!" Well, so it's yeah. either Jar Jar or Darth Maul. That's all he ever mm-hmm. talks about. And the joke go on here on the podcast is, you know, we're big Solo fans. And when Darth Maul showed up at the end, I looked over at him being like, eh, eh? And he was like, who is that? <laughs> so <laughs> Unbelievable. That's as far as that goes. Go ahead. James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I think, John, you bring up like a lot of really good points that, you know, it, it is kind of a different movie franchise. And recently when I, I mean, I say recently, it's like, you know, when these movies are hitting like those billion dollar marks, like recently mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple of years. Um, it is kind of funny when we think about like all of these franchises that has been that have been massively successful when you're talking about like Harry Potter and you're like, oh, well, that was kind of based on, you know, this original thing and like uh, Lord of the Rings. Well, it was kind of based on an original thing, you know, Hunger Games and like Twilight mm-hmm. and like uh, even all the Marvel stuff is like kind of has this original content that, w- that went to it. Star Wars is really like one of the only franchises that is as big as it is and continue to tell a completely original story um not revamping something from something that was written years ago and they're just kind of like keeping it alive because once lord of the rings kind of hit that point they're like what else can we do now they're trying to like really stretch it a lot um but star wars is like we don't have to stretch it let's just go over here because it's the world that people like it's the environment it's the the way that we've come up with telling stories that seem so tried and true and yet so relevant to any era of time, you know, um, these are, these are old classic stories about family relationships and, and, uh, making friends and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to go against whatever that is that's bringing you down or whatever, and uh, those stories have always just kind of been there, but Star Wars has managed to shape them into the environment that uh, they've created. And they say, y- you know the story about blank and blank blank? Well, isn't it cool when we just take that same story and make it Star Wars? People go, yeah, whoa, that sounds awesome. Um, and it just is one of those things that, uh, you know, I think we're always going to be able to connect to Star Wars because the people who write it and the people who create it are people that also watched it when they were kids. Uh, Star Wars has this perfect generational thing where they, you know, they mm-hmm. do it like every 20 years <clears throat> and no matter how bad publicity gets for it or whatever, if it's like, Oh, the, it's going downhill now or whatever. It's always one of those things where like another group of people are going to be like, is it going downhill? You know, like, I, I don't know. I kind of like that. And then 20 years later, they find out that there was a bunch of people that thought like they did, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's going to be one of those things that just constantly revamps. And, um, it, it, it is very special for that alone, you know? Yeah. I think my connection yeah. with star Wars has been a very long <laughs> extended one. Um, I think what's what always drew me to Star Wars was kind of the fantastical adventure of it all. I I was so little that seeing all the stuff on the screen for the first time, I'd never seen anything like it. And I feel like a lot of people will say that when they talk about Star Wars for the first time. They're like, I'd never seen ships like this. I'd never seen characters like this. Um, I mean, like Princess Leia, the way she spoke to the villain and standing up for herself and fighting back. That Mm -hmm. was a weird thing for me to see in a world of Disney princesses and all this other stuff that I was seeing at the time. Um, But I really connected with Luke more than anybody else. Um, Just the idea that it was someone that was, you know, looking to the horizon, yearning for adventure, trying to find their sense of belonging in the world. And even at a very young age, I'm a middle child. I was always just trying to find what my place was in my family and with friends and where do I fit in? And I felt like I could always go back to Star Wars and watch it and know what the ending was going to be and and know that my friends in Star Wars were always going to be those people. You had Han and Leia and Chewie and, and Luke, and they were always going to 
win and everything was going to be great no matter what <laughs> was going on in, well, we'll just get to the sequel trilogy later, but in the original trilogy, <laughs> it was all happy and everything's wonderful and, uh, you know, they win at the end of the day. Um, so I always just really was drawn to that and, and drawn to the idea that it doesn't, your family obviously is your family, but then there's this other kind of family that you can kind of pick on your own and you can, and you can make it your own, your found family. And I, and I think Mm -hmm. Star Wars is what taught me about that. And through Star Wars, I found the community and I found this podcast with John and James and I wouldn't be the person I am today sitting here without Star Wars. It, it's impacted who I am. It's impacted my career choices, my imagination, my creativity, things that I draw inspiration from, um, just every aspect of my life. I mean, from my wedding to things I'm going to be doing with my kid and my baby's birthday and what, you know, what have you. It's just going to always have these connections and nothing brings me joy like this franchise and it's because of these kind of undertones of found family doing what's right uh fighting for what you believe in just inspirational stuff like that and it's just you look at star wars as a whole from the music to the costumes to the special effects to the creatures to everything you i've never seen any other franchise do it the way that star wars does the world building, everything about it is just different. And yeah. I think, you know, I am a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm a huge fan of uh, Ghostbusters, Hunger Games, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think all those things are great, but it you can't help but draw connections to Star Wars to start with. Like, you can't help but go back to be like, well, it seems like they're getting stuff from this. And going off of what James was saying, a lot of the creators you see from everything will say, well, I started with Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. it's just like that yeah. kind of founding layer of who a lot of people are and who it set the bar for creativity for a lot of people. Like I know it did for me and for my imagination was Star Wars. Yeah. And the thing about Star Wars that like when when it began, it was and I remember when we were talking to J.W. Rensler about this, and you know he's he's since passed but we had him on twice and i remember one thing he said was he's like can you say hold on a sec can you say for the people that are new who jw rensler is oh well yeah i'm assuming if people are watching us they're star wars fans and hopefully they know who jw rensler is but he was a lucasfilm archivist who worked closely with george lucas he was also an editor for lucasfilm and even wrote some stuff uh, mm-hmm. for uh, comic books, but also he, he's probably most known for his making of books, uh, making of Star Wars, making of The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, uh, making of indie. He did other movie franchises as well, um, but he basically took stuff that was lost in the archives of Star Wars and pieced them together to help tell the story of how Star Wars was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had him on and he gave us some good insight into what it's like knowing George Lucas, for example. And he, I remember him saying, it's like one thing people don't realize about George Lucas, uh, and he would say one thing people don't realize about George is that he's very funny. And because sometimes, you know, I see George Lucas in interviews and he's very soft-spoken, monotone, dry, um, especially now nowadays. But, uh, and he's saying, you know, Star Wars was very funny. And uh, sci- science fiction movies didn't have humor before Star Wars. And it was... You know, look at the, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey couldn't be a more polar opposite. You know, Stanley Kubrick, you literally have uh, the ship that is uh, the sentient thing that is quite literally killing everybody on board. And that's the end, you know, basically the end of the movie. How the hell 9000. Yeah. I mean, 60 year old movie. (laughs) My apologies. But, (laughs) but then Star Wars comes along and it's this funny movie that's taking place in space and it's really never been seen before in that regard. Now I know some people will say, calling each other hunks and hunk insulting each and other and stuff yeah each other and star wars did borrow things from stuff that came before it you know kurosawa seven samurai and and certainly some lord of the rings aspects with like obi-wan being the gandalf and and uh you know other um uh, asian influences as well of course of how you know the jedi were and using um uh, you know, samurai blades and and certain hairstyles he had in mind for Jedi and that sort of stuff. So he definitely uh, was influenced by a lot of things and put it into a stew and out came Star Wars, um, which is almost like his tribute to, you know, Flash Gordon and stuff. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is mm-hmm. that 
I think what what connects people to Star Wars that doesn't get talked about a lot is its humor. Uh, it's it's just a very it's very very funny, and it's uh you know. I think it was like a palate cleanser for a lot of people because in the 70s, it was a pretty dark time in, in the United States. Interest rates were through the roof. Uh, a lot of people were losing jobs. You know, at, at, off off of the uh, Vietnam War, people aren't trusting the government. And then this movie comes out that is about hope, is about, you know, defeating the empire and, and choosing good over evil and simplistic enough, but also expansive enough and something they'd never seen before, but also very funny. So while like people say like, well, sci- sci-fi has been done before, why was Star Wars so successful is because it wasn't a sci-fi movie. It was this funny adventure story that took place. And you had these people who you could see yourself in, in a Han Solo, who was just like this sort of regular guy. Uh, but then you also have fantastical elements as well. And uh, it's just, I think that's what like connects me to it so much is because it the, you can't compare Star Wars to anything else. Um, you know, when I watch the the new like Guardians of the Galaxy movies and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy may have come out in the 60s in terms of the comic. But when I watch those movies and see some of those scenes, I'm like, that's Han chewing R2 in an asteroid field. You know, it's, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you see you see a lot of these influences and these filmmakers, certainly all who are now probably in their 50s, you know, saw Star Wars in the theater when they were six. And now they're making all these different movies. So in terms of influence, it's it's massive on, on a scale that probably doesn't even get talked about often. And, and, and it connects us to Star Wars through them. And then the, the people who are creating Star Wars today, you know, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, like grew up with it. Um, John Favreau was playing like pretty much made a show based on his action figures. Um, it, it's just so cool seeing the people who loved things when they were little make it now and we're able to stay connected to it through that because look at other stuff like the guy who does cobra kai was like this massive karate kid fan and he like made this amazingly in-depth show about the continuation of that it's Mm -hmm. like the people who were the fans are now given the The torch to keep it going and what i also love about it that that you both sort of touched on is that you know people's introduction to it might have been like the force awakens like say say a six-year-old saw the force awakens in 2015 and now that kid's 13 and before you know it when the next movies come out those are going to be the future podcasters doing this stuff and they're going to be the ones saying that was my star wars and you know it's always going to keep going as long as people are around enjoying it um and i think that's sort of that generational bond that just you you keep passing the baton to the next generation star wars is going to be eternal mm-hmm. um so long long after we're gone and it was here before the three of us were here right so mm-hmm. it's it's certainly going to sandwich our lives but i it's what a, what a time to be alive when when this movie franchise is is booming right now and there's so much coming and who knows where we're about to get at star wars celebration but um it just it makes me happy that, that's what it comes down to because sometimes life can be tough you know real life can be tough and everyone has their stuff they're going through but Something about that galaxy far, far away that you get to escape to that is uh, just that comfort blanket. And and like Lacey said, you know, I know they're always going to be there uh, for me. And it's, it you know, whether you're a kid or, or you're 40 or 70, you know, your mind doesn't change. Your body might. You might get older and stuff. But everyone remembers the first time they watched Star Wars or they the first time they were in the theater watching Star Wars and experienced it. And for some reason, anytime I go back to it, I feel those things again. Mm-hmm. And that's a really special thing that's hard to replicate. Yeah, it's it's really it is hard to to pinpoint. We say, you know, how why do we connect with Star Wars and stuff? It's like there's so many different things across all all of Star Wars, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's we connect with it because the music is so good. You know, sometimes we mm-hmm. uh we connect with it because the the way the ships look just are so creative um or they're familiar in a sense of like I don't know why, but that just reminds me of like um my my grandmother's Chrysler or something, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's because yeah, it was stylized, yeah. like for, based on fifties, you know, uh, vehicles or whatever. You know, it's just like it's interesting the way that um, they they work so hard. I say they like anybody who, as you were saying, like was a kid when the original Star Wars came out, so that they got to work on the prequels. And now there's so many people that grew up on the prequels and they're working on the sequels, and they're like, well, I'm gonna make you know, these ships and these planets and these other things and everything just uh, a 
a love letter to what came before me in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but like connecting to my life as well. And I think what is also interesting is not just the generational like life thing where we, you know, we just said like kids grow up and then that's their Star Wars kind of thing. But also I I really have an affinity for how broad this story has become. Sometimes with some of these other fantasies, they're like, and then 10,000 years later, here's another part of the story, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. hold on, let's make it a little bit like generational in the sense that like Star Wars so far has had three really big trilogies and they've done a really good job at being uh, able to tell a story that was very personal and very real for these characters. And then 20 years later, what is happening to those same characters and how are their children reacting to that situation as well. And then even from then, you know, 30 years later or so, you know, and we, we still have some of these characters that are carrying over and other things like that. And it's just like, it's really cool to feel like as I'm growing up, I'm growing up with these characters too. And they're not, and, and Lacey may talk to me here because sometimes we get a little bit, disagreeing on this point but Mm. i like that a lot of them have arcs and they come out differently han solo in the original trilogy might not be han solo later because now he has a kid and it's like that's Mm -hmm. a different it's a little bit of a different han solo you know um obi-wan from the prequels is a little bit different when we saw him in the original trilogy because he's had who knows what with the Kenobi series coming up and like, and he was like a different know, guy. How? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, how did he do it? Um, but it, but it, it's, it's fun to, to like say, um, you know, uh, who are we choosing for, for one with the force Anakin? Oh wait, hold on. Which Anakin, this Anakin, this yeah. Anakin, this Anakin, you know, it's just, it's crazy because as those characters go through their different arcs and uh, periods in their life, things change. And I think there's there's something real to that in the sense that like, I know Batman can have struggles, but every time I think of Batman, I generally think of the same character. And I can connect with Star Wars characters a lot differently because there's a part of their life or a segment of their story that maybe was a little bit more real for this situation that I'm going through or something like that. Um, So I feel like the arcs of characters in star Wars is, is very real and very great in a, uh, because they've told it over the course of this amount of time and set up their story to not just be like, and then one year later and then one year later and then one year later. Right. Um, It's been very big and epic. And I think that is what pulls people in often. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with you, James, about character arcs. I think they're important, and I think I've always stood by the idea that the people, the creators that are creating the, that are producing these stories and making them, mm-hmm. it's up to them what happens to the character. I'm a big believer in having a happy ending at the end of things. I don't like leaving things open ended. I don't like like don't find me loving Inception. I I don't like open ended things. I don't like sad endings. <laughs> like John said it perfectly. Life is hard. There's enough bad stuff going on in my daily life, not just mine, but like in the world that I want to escape. That's what I've always loved about Star Wars. That's what I've personally connected with. Um, And it might be kind of like a naive viewpoint, but like just escaping to a galaxy far, far away and getting away from the troubles and hardships and stuff you have to deal with on a daily basis. You're like, hey, I'm going to put this movie on and for a little bit, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I like that. And now I think sometimes the galaxy takes itself a little serious. And I think that I get that. And I get that people love those serious conversations and those serious storylines where characters do go through tough times, whether it be Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, what have you. My thing is I just, I like it to be solved in a good way that I leave feeling hopeful and I leave saying you know what they went through some tough stuff but at the end of it it worked out and everybody's better off that Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah um and I can't say that for every single movie but 
For a good chunk of them, I can. Um, Every single trilogy? For some people. (laughs) Yeah. Some people. Yeah. But But yeah, I I think. Oh, go ahead. No, go uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I I was just gonna say, like, you know, it's it's obviously the you know the theme of hope is is just coded over the entire saga you know no matter which story is being told and you know even though maybe a character dies like you know luke skywalker dies he still like restored hope to the whole galaxy with what Mm -hmm. he did um you know that sort of stuff so you know i i always feel like and, and you know dave filoni is sort of like carrying the torch of you know what george lucas's teachings which is really simplistically just you know you're 12 years old and you're about to go into the world where your parents aren't your everything and it's scary and you need to make some really important choices over the next few years that are going to you know decide the trajectory of your life and he said that's why he made the movies and he's like and you even said like i'm not supposed to say this because they want everyone to like adults to like it too but I think when you break it down to that and how simplistic that is, as complex as Star Wars can get sometimes and there's load and whatever you want to find in Star Wars or get out of Star Wars, you can you'll be able to see it like a magic eye painting. You'll be able to like find what you want to find in it. But I you know, when it comes down to the to the to the meat and potatoes of it and how simplistic it is, that steady line is always good versus evil, how to choose the light, how to not choose the dark side and, you know, hope and friendship. And like Lacey said, the found family element of it and, um, real family and connections and just, um, wanting to help the people that you care about and seeing, uh, everything turn out okay in the end and, and, and the escape element of it. There's just so many aspects of star Wars that you can latch onto and maybe, you know, if you're feeling one way one day, you find another part of it to connect to. And then when you're feeling the exact opposite uh, two months later, there's another aspect of it that you connect to. And because it's been around for so long and there's so many stories and so many different parts that you can maybe, oh, maybe I like this part of Star Wars and not so much this, but and this person likes these TV shows or these animated shows. There's something for everybody. And like That's we'll be at Celebration. Yeah, okay. So, you, like, it's celebration. You know, you could go on the convention floor and see a little girl walking around his Enfys Nest. And she's like, I'm Enfys Nest now. And it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. kids are going to be able to find things that they can connect with it or pretend they are. And it's like back in the day when, you know, I would put a towel on my back and pretend I was Superman and jump off the couch and hopefully not get injured. But, like, kids mm-hmm. today with Star Wars can pick a character and be like, I'm that character. And it's not like I'm pretending to be that character. Kids can be like, no, I am, you know, that yeah, person. I, th- I think that's what we've just learned as as fans from the very beginning to now to past now is the thing that transcends with Star Wars and connects all of us to it is that you can like whatever you want and there's something for everyone with it. Like mm-hmm. no matter if you like creatures or vehicles or costumes or this specific character or bad guys or good guys or you know, whatever, like anything that you like, you can find it represented in Star Wars. And I think you can see that just in the fandom alone online. Like you have these subsets of groups that like to do cosplay. And then you have some people that like to focus on the ship stuff and the building mm-hmm. of dioramas and, and droids. I, I think there's no other fandom that encompasses so many different groups of people under one big umbrella that are inspired um by one franchise and i know you're gonna see people that might argue marvel or this or that i just don't think the like i'm trying to think of the right word the girth the amount of people (laughs) that fall under star wars whether it be the diehard like us to the casual like my dad like it doesn't matter who you are someone can find something anything in star wars it could be grogu which has become baby yoda which has become this gigantic thing that everybody loves baby yoda or grogu 
doesn't matter if you like Star Wars or not. You know what Baby Yoda is, just like you know what Darth Vader is and Luke Skywalker is. Um, it's just, I think that's what's that driving yeah. force behind it at the end of the day is like, no matter what you're into or what your interests are, you can see it represented in Star Wars. Yeah, the other thing I want to I want to throw out there too is just this is a little bit about us because I know a lot of people who are listening to this now probably aren't familiar with us, mm. but we started this a long time ago and have ridden Star Wars through all the ups and downs of like this show was good, this show was bad, this movie was good, this movie was bad, kind of stuff, and I feel like our the not the three from us, us from around the fandom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole fandom of of people saying like, um, you know, uh, I Riding didn't the like. Wave. I didn't like this Star Wars movie because it was too green. They should do more orange. And then when the next movie comes out and it's orange, then people are complaining. You know, it's like kind of that type of thing. Yeah. It's like, um, well, like no matter what, we have always managed to somehow take the things that we agree about Star Wars and disagree about Star Wars and figured out where the overtone of like, well, we all like Star Wars. So what is it about these things that we like? So, if you had fun listening to this discussion, it's kind of a representation of our entire podcast. It's like if you kept listening to the show, you would take all of the news that happens throughout the year and uh, or I should just say week, you know, throughout the week. And then we'll come back and talk about it. And we kind of figure out what we do and don't like about these things. But we're always it's always guided with the sense of like, um. We Love know this. we have we have faith in the 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 franchise <laughs> yeah. as a whole. Like no matter where the decisions were made, like ah oh, that was kind of weird. I disagree with that kind of thing. We can connect. Um, well, we're always rooting whole, for Star Wars. Yeah, that's what the it whole is. bigger picture of yeah. it being like. But at the end of the day, maybe that's just not for me, or I disagree with that decision. Maybe this author didn't see it that way. Um, but we're always generally pretty positive about the franchise, and I think that is kind of the core of this discussion here is that um, because it's so connected to our, our passions and, and what we like um, in just in life, we're always there for it. And you said it right. Like we're always rooting for star Wars. It's, it's a, uh, it's very special to us. And yeah. um, that's, that's how we see it. That's our view on this franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, we've talked about our connections with Star Wars in a lot of our other discussions. Um, we've had found family discussions. We've had a lot of thematic based discussions. Uh, mothers how and we fathers got into and it. things yeah, like Mothers that. and fathers, their roles. Like, so if you want to check our back catalog on that, I mean, we could go on for forever here. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you get the idea of where we're our connection with star wars is mm-hmm. so we want to know what yours is so you know let us know in the comments on this video uh get in touch with us on twitter at rbatswnn or you can email us resistance broadcast at gmail.com let us know what you think of our discussion whether our episode so far we're not done just yet but yeah i think the important thing is you know sometimes we are critical of uh, certain things in star wars but we come at it from a respectful place and mm-hmm. uh we're always rooting for the franchise and we love it um, that's why we do Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so uh, one more thing to do here. Uh, we're going to get to a question submitted by one of our listeners. Uh, so let's hop into a quick version of Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? All right. So this question is coming from Andrew Staley at Deuce underscore Staley. Andrew, we love Andrew. Andrew has been a longtime listener of ours and supporter of ours. So uh, I was glad to uh, see his question here and be able to uh, get to this one. Um, All right, let's tackle this together. Let's see. Let's see. And this is pretty topical in terms of, you know, recent Star Wars stuff. Uh, There's and his question is, there's not been any sequel trilogy content since 2019. What do you think Lucasfilm is planning in regards to all aspects of content in that era? Um. So whether it's, you know, they're going to do comics, animated movies down the line, a live action series. So Lacey, I'll throw it to you first. Um, In terms of the era around Rise of Skywalker, sequel trilogy and beyond, where do you think they're going to tackle the next thing? Because they haven't, like Andrew says, they haven't really done anything yet. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Good question. 
Um, yeah, it is weird that they haven't done anything since 2019 about this, especially because there's like this whole kind of era that they're not touching. I would say the closest to that is probably the new uh, Adam Christopher book that's coming out. It's probably the closest thing. And we don't really know Rogue Squadron with Patty Jenkins if that takes place prior to TFA or after the Rise of Skywalker. They just said it was in that era. Um, so I think once we get more information about that at Celebration, we'll have a better idea of like what that next announced thing is. As for unannounced, I'm sure we're probably going to get some books about Rey probably after the Rise of Skywalker with what she's up to. But I I really think we're going to get an episode 10 at some point. I, I think Daisy's definitely hinted at it from talking to Kathleen Kennedy to, uh, you know, saying in interviews like, I am always Ray, like those kind of comments. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you can look at an actress like Daisy who carried the movies and inspired a whole new generation of Jedi uh, and not just Jedi, but like also children Jedi, <laughs> like kids mm-hmm. and kids that like Star Wars, um, that you can just turn away from that and be like, now nah, we're good. We're done. I'm sure she would do it again. I'm sure they're willing to to keep that story going. So I think we're definitely going to get another movie with Ray. That is interesting. Um, James, what do you think? Disney Plus. Series? I think, yeah. I I have a feeling right now Lucasfilm is not sure about where they want to go for big theatrical billion dollar movies. And while it makes sense that they're, you know, they could just do what we've just what we kind of talked about in the discussion, like, well, we could wait 20 years, you know, and then we'll do the like Ray, Finn, and Poe whatever story it's like i think that right now star wars is so hot that they don't really want to like mess with that um and they'd like to get these people in sooner and so to me i think with disney plus coming up they see they're seeing success from mandalorian uh book of boba fett they're gonna see it with kenobi and andor and you know numerous other shows that they've already announced that are, are gonna continue to go down that path i think they're going to see disney plus as a true I'm hesitant to even say it alternative to the theatrical movie um, because they're, they're taking a movie and they're saying we would have released this in theater. Now we're going Disney plus because we can boost those subscribers. We get a current rev, a constant revenue stream mm-hmm. and it's our own place. We can do whatever we want there. Uh, and I just really feel like if Disney plus and streaming and everything that is going on over there continues to be as successful as it is, they're just going to say, who's to say that we need to keep making star Wars movies and they need to keep being big. Let's do a Ray series. Let's do a, 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 a Poe Finn and Ray series, you know, or whatever. Like you can just go down those outlets and bring those characters back with just a new thing as star Wars continues to evolve. Star Wars didn't used to have flashbacks. Now it has flashbacks. It's like, they're breaking the mold on certain things because they're like storytelling is changing and this is the direction Disney seems to be going very heavily. Even Marvel would be like the thing they're still doing movies. So that kind of flies in the face a little bit, but Marvel Mm -hmm. is absolutely moving forward with these shows and how they are just as theatrical and how they are just as connected to the overall universe or timeline that they're creating. I, I think that's the way. Interesting. That is the way. I think Uh, this is the way. Get the the helmet back there. (laughs) Mando. um, So I, man, that's both really good points. I'm, my answer is a three pronged attack. So I think the year between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker will be filled in with comic books or a book to sort of help bridge the evolution of what the characters went through between those two movies. Mm-hmm. Like seeing Leia take Rey under her wing, seeing, um, you know, Finn growing within the resistance and being more of a confident leader alongside Poe. Um, 
you know, Poe maybe being more familiarized with working with Chewie and the Falcon and that sort of stuff, seeing sort of uh, what happened with Kylo Ren from between eight and nine uh, mm-hmm. and the struggle between the two. Then I, I think it'd be cool to see an animated series that takes place after episode nine to tell the story of Finn realizing his powers, becoming a Jedi, so that when we get to the episode 10 Lacey talked about, because I do think... I, I think telling that first is better than let's see Finn training to become a Jedi. I think when we get to that point, that next live action thing, he's got to be realized. Yeah, already done. Yeah, do it. Yeah, doing the thing, and, and you know, let's not you know stretch that out any further. People have been waiting for that inevitability. Um, they even toyed with it. Him training in the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. So right. Um, so I think in between eight and nine, do like book comics, animated series after a short one to sort of, keep, you know, keep the story going forward. And then I think because, you know, I had talked to somebody who had recently worked in like story stuff and they said they heard that the movies aren't, are in bad shape. Like the future of Star Wars movies are in bad shape. That's and I good. think, I think... And, you know, we heard the rumblings from the guy from Collider about Rogue Squadron. And, like, mm-hmm. that sounds not good right now. And, you know, the Fandango guy puts out the schedule of all the upcoming big movies. And out of the 300 movies he showed over the next two years, the only one that had question mark next to it was Rogue Squadron. And he put two question marks next to it. Yeah. Um. So, I think they always had an idea of bringing them back. Because that whole point we made about how the kids who saw Force Awakens... By that, like, we'll be like 20 by the time those movies come out. That's the perf. That's the age. They're driving themselves to the theater. Those are their, like, heroes now. Like, that's their time. This, these, this is my Star Wars, plus all of us who still love it, too. Mm-hmm. And then think about the fact that maybe that's the crutch they got to lean on is, yeah, the Skywalker saga is over. We can still do episode 10. It's still its own thing. We're not calling it the Skywalker saga anymore. One through nine was, this is the future. Bring back the crawl. Bring back the opening main theme. Bring back all the things that people know with Star Wars because we're not sure how wide the net can get to keep right. everybody interested. So I think if they are really having problems with like the major theatrical films that Marvel's not having, <laughs> um, I think they're going to have to bring them back. The legacy characters, Chewie, R2, 3PO, then also the new people who are legacy now, BB-8, uh, uh, even Jana, Finn, Poe, Ray, uh, bring them back. Falcon is the character, right? Bring them back uh, because they need to more than we want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know when. I hope it's not too soon, maybe twenty thirty or something like that. But I think it's inevitability. I'm with you, Lacey. They're going to go big and go big with movies on this one, and and allow other things to be told in Disney Plus. But James, you you made a provocative point too. I think anything that happens that the three of us just said, I I think. We all sort of would win. We win. I, so. I, I also don't <laughs> doubt that even if mine was totally true and that's exactly what they did, that still could culminate in what they call episode 10. True, true, true. Yeah. So um, thank you to Andrew for the question. Uh, we typically have more questions and stuff like that, but we are up on uh, time here. Um, so I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who has checked in. And if this is your first time watching the Resistance broadcast, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, We hope you had some laughs. Hope you enjoyed sort of our deep discussion. We tried to balance it out. Uh, Balance of the Force, right? Um, But thank you very much for for checking in on us here. Uh, Again, you can find us everywhere. Every podcast app, just look up Resistance broadcast. You'll find us. Mm -hmm. Um, And StarWarsNewsNet.com is uh, the website uh, that we are the official podcast for. Go there for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information. John, did you say StarWarsNews.net? Nope. I said StarWarsNewsNet.com. Don't go there. (laughs) StarWarsNewsNet.com. Did I not say it right? No, No, he's agreeing. You did. Oh, all right. I I just know that. Am I going crazy? I just know that I've been doing this. I've been associated with Star Wars Newsnet for a very long time. And every time I say it, people go to StarWarsNews.net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, right. And then we have our our own YouTube channel too, uh, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Uh, So we do a video version and audio version of the same podcast. And it comes out Mondays and Thursdays. So take your pick. Uh, But then again, our our Patreon, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. 
Uh, tiers start at just $2 a month. Um, we love being on Patreon because we're able to uh, do a lot of extra things. We do bonus episodes just for Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drink a lot of coffee here in the base. Um, <laughs> but also we have a Discord server and a lot of other things that go along with it. Um, but I do want to take this time to give a special thank you to our uh, top supporters on Patreon, uh, especially our generals and spice runners. Um, our generals, Carmelo, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Double C Chris, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, and Val Trishkoff. Thank you, generals. And our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, and Andrew Staley. Um, thank you all very much. Thank you. And all of our patrons uh, for all of your support. Um, uh, Lacey, where can people uh, find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin talking about things like Babu Frick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, James, how about you? Um, people can find me on both of those platforms, Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. You can see it here. It's kind of a weird word. That's a Dragon Ball reference. If you're into Dragon Ball, I'll tweet it's been about a while that every since you said that. Yeah, I know. I figure everybody <laughs> listening is like, what the heck is Myra Trunks? Yeah. But, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big Dragon Ball guy. So yeah, come and say hi. Yeah. And, uh, I'm John. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and uh, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, and just thank you to everybody. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have a new episode tomorrow on our platforms. So if you dug this, uh, thank you. Subscribe and join us for the... There's a, is a hell of a ride ahead of us here as Star Wars yeah. fans. So, so join, join the resistance. Uh, we hope everyone has a wonderful May the 4th. And uh, hopefully we see you tomorrow with our new episode. But uh, until then, we'll see you next time here on the Resistance Broadcast. And as always, we like to say, we'll see you around, kids. May the force be with you.